Hey you guys, dreams really do come true because today I'm sitting next to my celebrity crush from when I was a kid, aka Phil of the Future, aka Raviv Ullman, and today we are chatting all about dating in New York versus LA, what it's really like being a Disney Channel star, and so much more, so stay tuned. All right, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sexting and the City. You heard me correctly. I have Raviv Ullman right here. It's true. I'm right here. You're right next to me. It's really incredible how close we are. It truly, honestly, like me as a 12-year-old would be absolutely losing my shit right now. I'm glad you're keeping it together. It's very (laughs) impressive. It's really hard. And Um, you traveled all this way. You're in New York. Welcome to New York City. Thank you so much. Are are your listeners allowed to know that you're not in Los Angeles? I mean, I guess like secrets out. It's secrets out. There's no turning back. While you're in New York City and you're living your best life. I am. It's true. Um, I think we really need to address the elephant in the room. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, I thought your name was Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people <laughs> did think that. When I was young, when I so I started acting when I was very, very young. Yeah. And uh, my I look like an all-American boy, I was told. But I wasn't getting auditions for those roles because casting directors would see Revive written on a list and be like, nope, too ethnic. No. Yeah. So my manager was like, let's just go with a name that is neither here nor there. And I think I had like a minute to choose and we went with Ricky. And, Stop. And yeah. And then, but no, none of my friends, none of my family, everybody still knew me as Revive. Everybody that worked on Phil of the Future still knew me as Revive. Um, and so at some point I decided it was time to go back. Um, and not because I don't like that name, but just because I'm proud of the work that I do and want to, you know, want to use my name. Totally. Well, I would also want to use my real name, so I get that completely. Sorry about the confusion, though. Oh, you know, I forgive you. It's fine. I just, I remember because when I originally was like, whatever happened to Phil of the Future? And I tried finding your social media and nothing came up. Right, under, under Ricky. Ricky yeah. I'm like, did he die? Like, what happened? And then I found you under your real name. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, so I do want to tell you. I wanted to be on Disney Channel so bad as a kid. You did? On a specific show or oh, no. just there? I wanted to draw the mouse. I didn't care what show. Put me on any show. I would have just been in the background. As long as you got to draw the mouse, you would have been I would have been fine. As long as I could just say, hey, I'm Renee. You're watching Disney Channel. They don't need to know what I'm doing there. We can do that in this room today if you'd like. That would make my, my dream actually come true Great. even further. <laughs> Great. Um, so I have to ask you. So was Disney, don't ruin my dreams, was Disney as exciting, like working for Disney as it seems to be? It was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I grew up doing a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like a total theater kid. Phil the Future was one of the auditions that I went on here in New York City. Yeah. Um, and I went from going to public school in Connecticut to all of a sudden being the lead on a television show in Los Angeles. And, um, and it was a huge life change. Uh, and... They were incredible to work with, and they kept us really, really busy. You know, we all did the Disney Channel movies, and we all were guesting on each other's shows, mm-hmm. um, and we would do a lot of events together, and so we all knew each other, and it was kind of like one big family, and um, yeah, it was an incredible time. I mean, it was it was about three years of my life, um, and that's the other crazy thing is is I think that's what people recognize me from, but at the end of the day, it was <laughs> three years of my, you know, three years. It was another job yeah. um, that obviously took a greater hold than probably a lot of the other jobs that I've done. Um, but uh, yeah, all all good memories. I was saying this earlier. You were on Disney at its peak, like at its prime time Disney time. I mean, Disney's still huge, but I just remember there were, oh gosh, these were the days of like Dylan and Cole Sprouse. And it was, oh gosh, like that's a Raven was the best it's ever been. And you guys, you were singing, oh gosh, you, you guys used to do those songs. When I was looking you up and um, seeing what I found from uh, just the old Disney days, mm-hmm. I found this music video you guys all did, but you didn't sing. It was a dream. Uh, oh, a dream is a wish your heart makes. Oh yeah. I, I sang all line in that. You did? Yeah. You have to watch the whole thing. I saw you playing the drums and then I thought. Um, I don't, I can't tell you what the line is, but <laughs> the, I line. sang one line. Yeah, and I don't, I, don't, I don't, really don't remember, but uh, but I sang something in that. Yeah, with things like that, we did so many of those things and PSAs. And also during that time, I have no idea if it's changed, but Disney Channel didn't run commercials. You know, there wasn't, they didn't have a McDonald's commercial or whatever commercial. Yeah. So every commercial break, um, I'm doing quotation marks for your listeners who can't see what I'm doing. Um, every commercial break was a PSA. We would say, you know, go out there and exercise or. Th- 
or the music videos or things like that. Totally. Um, and that was all Disney Channel actors. So, um, so we were we were busy, but uh, yeah. Dang. Um, well, I could imagine. I think that's probably why Disney stars were and are so big is because no matter what you're watching on Disney, you will see every one of the other huge Disney stars when you're all the time on there because it'll be previews. It'll be, I remember the go out and play. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. And the music videos that they constantly Did it work? Did you go out and play? Um, I did. I, I mean, after I finished all of my many shows that I watched on Disney. Right. And that's, I think that's the other thing about Disney Channel viewers at that age is that's what, I imagine that's what you watched. You weren't like flipping through channels. You watched Disney Channel. And oh, yeah. so it was a big deal. Those shows are a big deal for the viewers because that is pretty much all that they watched. Um, because for sure. it's it's tailor-made for that age. Um, and I remember, you know, we had parents who would come up to us and say, thank you for having, for making shows that we can just turn on and not worry about content. It's just made for kids. Um, and uh, that's, I think, what Disney Channel sets out to do. I, I wonder, though, because you said that was Disney Channel's peak, but you were at the age, the right age that's, to watch Disney Channel. So don't you think true. that kids now also, like, this is their peak? But I don't know. This is why I think not. Because I babysat after that. And the kids that um, would still watch Disney, like, didn't love it as much. It wasn't the obsession that it was when me and my friends used to you were watch obsessed. it. You were obsessed. Obsessed. We watched, oh my gosh, every, what, Friday at 7 or 8 p.m. when you'd watch the new DCOM. It was the coolest thing. Right. It was, like, Disney, Disney was life. <laughs> um, but, wait, hold that thought for one second. I just realized I did not plug in my computer. Oh, okay, yeah. You better do so that. Real quick. And then I want to get into uh, Pixel Perfect because I have so many things to say about that movie. I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> that movie's weird. So weird. <laughs> it like gets really weird and dark and. It's like I, I, I don't. I just have thought like watching it as an adult, and I was gonna rewatch. I haven't it, watched it I, in so long. I think that would be another one. You just should rewatch your old like all my own stuff. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> I hate watching myself on camera, but I have. I like to, to see everything myself. once. I want to know what it looks like, and then I never want to watch and it. And then again. you're done. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I don't know who sits there like watching themselves though over and over and over again. I'm sure there are people. For sure. You know there are the people. industry, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pixel Perfect. Um, I would like to hear from you. Because it's you know, it's been a few years. It's been, you were in I hate to say it, it's been many years. It's been a lot of years. Uh, what would you say Pixel Perfect was about? <laughs> I could not tell you for the life of me. Um, what was Pixel Perfect about? A boy creates a hologram <laughs> that becomes a rock and roll star. <laughs> That he then has a weird relationship with. She disappears, almost kills his best friend. <laughs> he has to go into the internet and save her. Is that was that right? I, that I mean, this is what is your what is your memory of it? I remember it was about a girl and a boy who are friends, but the girl likes him, but the boy doesn't know he she exists. Right. And then he creates like she his sings a song called role. "Notice Me," right? Oh my god, that song! By the way, my theme song as a kid. Are you kidding me? Like that is that is the song you listen to when you have a crush, and they don't notice you. Oh wow, that, that was the, that was the the lyrics just really <laughs> dug in. Leah know? Pipes, she was great in that role. She not she became so like a big TV star. Oh my god, good for her. Yeah, killing it. Um, so this movie. When you were doing it, when you originally got the script, what did you initially think? Were you just very excited probably to be in a Disney project? Yeah, so it all came at the same time. I had booked, I just booked Phil of the Future, mm-hmm. and I got a call and said, look, before you come to Los Angeles, we're going to send you out to Salt Lake City, Utah, and um, you're going to film this movie, and then you'll come to LA and start the series. Um, so I was really excited. And I, th- I was, I think I was just older th- I wasn't really watching a lot of Disney Channel. I was probably like just older than that. I was mm-hmm. in my late uh, high school years, but still, the idea was incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, and to know that I was heading out to Utah to shoot a big fun movie, there was going to be a lot of special effects, and uh, the director was a really cool director, and our cinematographer had done like all of Twenty Four, the series, and it was a bunch of really talented people. Um, so I remember being very excited about it. Uh, and yeah, also like great memories and I've stayed in touch with some of those people and, um, yeah, I, I have not seen that movie in forever though. I think you need to watch it. All right. Maybe we'll have a movie night. Yes. I, I 
I am no I I'm terrified. Revisit Pixel Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> With commentary. Maybe yeah. yeah, we'll do like the commentary track. Of course. Because I think out. me watching it now will see the movie completely differently. Interesting. Because it is creepy. It's like Beauty and the Beast. Like that's creepy. Yeah, I mean a lot of you know, all love for Disney, but a lot of Disney uh the play that I'm doing right now, we talk about how how in Aladdin, like, there's a scantily clad princess who like almost gets assaulted by this this like evil man and how we're supposed to think that's exciting it's you know there's all it's all laced in some some pretty dark stuff yeah that's what that's the thing when you like really look at some of the disney content out there as an adult you're like ooh. it's the classic um uh, little mermaid thing where she has to give up her voice to doesn't talk say anything and then the yeah. per- like he falls in love with her because she doesn't say anything yeah. But she's hot, so it's like, you know. Um, and she's also like half a fish, but. But when he sees her, she's just. But that's a so naked in right <laughs> now, right? What was oh that movie? God. What was the movie, the, movie? The, the Guillermo del Toro movie that just won all the Oscars? Oh, 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 uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, it's also that is big, way worse. Big than thing for fish. Little Mermaid. That one. But it's definitely he's way worse. They're fish. actually and they're actually fully having like a lot of sex yeah like in her bathtub and it's like like making the whole uh place leak that was a whole thing a whole thing i watched on a plane um because what else do you do on a plane and i and i remember seeing watching and being like why do people love this so much it was very well done but it was so weird i had a hard time with that movie too to be honest it's yeah i can't do it um so i do want to know so when you were um on Disney, you blew up as this, like, teen heartthrob. I don't know what to say to that. What, I, <laughs> what was that like? Like, did you get... I mean, these weren't the days of social media, so you weren't getting weird DMs, but do you, what, what do you remember from that experience? I think... I mean, that's a really interesting thing that you say, because it's true. I did not have contact with the fans at all as it were not really we would go and do events you know we would go to disneyland and have like a signing event or something oh my God, like that where was i i don't know where were you <laughs> we did school tours we took imagineers the guys who literally build disneyland and all the special effects and the rides and we did um these imagineer tours where we would go to schools and do talks about imagination and creativity and so we had events but uh, Twitter wasn't a thing, Facebook wasn't a thing, Instagram wasn't a thing. None of them were are literally invented yet. And so um, now any of those stars have you know millions of followers and acts they have straight access to um, the people that are watching their shows uh, where we didn't have any of that. I lived in a house with a bunch of friends in Los Angeles. None of them were actors. Did you live with the Veronicas? Because that's what I said on IMDb. I did. I lived with the Veronicas. Did they sing Untouched to you? Uh, They sang a lot of songs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they sang a lot of songs. We actually had this incredible thing where a lot of our friends in those days, you know, we were in our late teens, early 20s, were musicians because that was the creative scene that we were in. There was a bunch of actors and also a ton of musicians. And all our friends were playing all over the city and playing in little clubs. And we were always out going to see different friends play. And we lived in this house that had a big living room. And I went to them and I said, hey, guys, what if we all got all our friends to come and just have a night of playing music in the living room? We'll do an acoustic night. And out of that scene, uh, Mark Foster from Foster the People used to play all the time. Katy Perry used to play all the time. The Veronicas used to play all the time. It was like this crazy little music scene. And we were all just young kids singing in the living room. And so many of them just blew up, um, and it was a it was a fun time. But yeah, the Veronicas were we were roommates. Oh my god, your childhood was so much cooler than mine. It my was, teen years it, were very different. But it didn't it didn't necessarily feel that it, because that was our college years. Yeah. So we weren't. It wasn't like I was fourteen and living in a house with friends in Los that Angeles. We were college <laughs> age. We were all working. Um, some in the arts, some not. One of my roommates ran. Uh, an antique shop. One of my roommates laid tile. We had an editor. We had the Veronicas, um, <laughs> myself. And so it was kind of this hodgepodge of young people living in Los Angeles in their college years. And that was my life. My life and my friends were those people. Mm-hmm. And then my job was was acting on a TV show. And I would wake up and go to work and then come home and be with my friends. So I, you know, I wasn't being followed by paparazzi. There was no crazy online, anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so I did feel like there was a separation that is just not available to 
to stars to today. stars today. Yeah. Did you ever have any weird tabloid stories at all? Like, was there anything that came out about you? Any rumors at that In time? In those days, just... no. I think that That's we were crazy. kind of protected against that because the Disney press machine. Um, you know, we were on Tiger Beat and Bop magazines and like. Oh, you know, I remember. All of them. <laughs> We were on, we were those we were in in the tabloids and also I wasn't um, you know I wasn't going out clubbing and dating models I was like hanging out in my home and like playing acoustic guitar with my buddies yeah um, so I don't know that I was causing any stir and I also don't know at least in those those days were very different because they were not it was pre Miley Cyrus which I really do think changed the game that apps that's such a good point i didn't even think about that miley did really change things she changed the game and not only miley but um but what really changed the game for disney i believe and we saw it happen because we were there during that time was uh high school musical and they realized that they could really capitalize on musicals and -hmm. and high school musical is the first one they did high school musical people don't remember was just another decom movie and i the press woman that I worked with um, all the time was also the press woman on High School Musical and Mm -hmm. they were just going to do the same thing where they were just going to do some press releases and you know do an event or something and it blew up and all of a sudden they were on tour and touring Madison Square Garden and Staples Center and and then Miley came along and she became a huge pop star and it went from like Disney kids who also had albums and were on the Hollywood label to uh, to being enormous pop stars. Yeah. And I think when you have kids who are pop stars, that's when um, uh, not necessarily trouble begins, but when when there's more room for there's more ample opportunity to to get in to get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, on like being a kid, a teenager in that kind of environment where you can kind of if you are going out to the parties because you can get in, like you're around people who are yes men all around you. And I think that's very easy to kind of go down a bad path. And there's more money in that world as well. And there's just a big difference between an actor on a television show and a pop star. And when you look at what happened to Britney Spears and to all, that whole generation, mm-hmm. um, they weren't TV on, they weren't actors on TV shows. They were humongous pop stars. And Disney introduced a whole new generation of pop stars to the mix. And we're no longer able to just control the narrative of this insular bubble of we're all on Disney Channel and we're one big family and that's it. All of a sudden, you had people who were touring the world and selling out enormous venues. And um, and that's just a different thing. And it opens up a whole, you know, a whole new world, as it were, <laughs> to bring it right back. <laughs> okay, that, that definitely makes sense. I do want to ask you... Um, you know, since this is like a dating podcast, during right, right. this time in your life, was it easier, harder to date since you were kind of, you know, you were 17 living in a new city? Were you just going to and from work? I was pretty much going to and from work. Um, something I'd like to be very clear about is that my high school, my middle school and high school career, I was like a total nerd. I did not have a lot of friends. I did not have any girlfriends. Um, I, uh, my life was about acting. I spent all my time in the theater with my theater friends. I um, I took 12 dance classes a week. I 12? 12. Oh my god, that would be my mom's dream. My mom wanted me to take dance so bad. I yeah. never did. <laughs> I am the dream dream child for, <laughs> da- for dance moms. Um, <laughs> Should have been on the show. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah, I my life was not cool at all in high school and, um, and I was not... N- at all popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went with that mentality to Los Angeles. I did, there was not a, f- a switch of a flip where a flip of a, well, a flip, flip of, of a, a switch. switch, a switch of a flip, <laughs> a flip of a switch where I didn't go to Los, Ange- Los Angeles. Los all Angeles. This, I'm not able to speak. The whole thing <laughs> is just crumbled. Your podcast. I'm sorry. I've ruined it. Um, no, I didn't go to LA and think now I'm on a TV show and I can, Date. I didn't think I was cool, even though I was on a TV show. But that yeah, wasn't. You were very cool. But, I'll just. <laughs> but that again, like that is not, not something I was in touch with yeah. at all. I was an actor, and I had a job, and mm-hmm. I woke up at five a.m. every morning and went to set and did the, did the work. And so, and again, I we weren't clubbing. We weren't like out on the scene in those days. And I don't know. Maybe I could have taken more advantage of that. But but I wasn't dating uh, celebrities. I wasn't. There wasn't anything like that. I had a girlfriend for 
many years, um, who just had a kid. Oh my god! She's married and had a kid. Very happy for her. Congratulations! Uh, congratulations! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I was kind of like a, I don't know, my date L.A. dating life. I think I was. I think I was a, a like a serial monogamous for many years. Okay. Yeah. Has that changed since moving to New York? Is there like a different vibe of? Wait, did you have your long term girlfriend the entire time you were in L.A.? No, I think that was like a, a two year relationship. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in L.A. you were single and just kind of. I was, I had, no, I kind of like, let's see, I think from 18 to 20, I had a girlfriend and then like 21 to 24, I had a girlfriend, maybe three girlfriends in eight years. Okay. Yeah. Or so. Um, Got it. And, and uh, New York dating life and LA dating life to me is very different. Okay. How do you, cause I... Obviously, I've never lived in New York. I lived in a very small town in Massachusetts, and then I moved to L.A., so I only know the L.A. dating scene. What would you say the differences are? Um, There's something about New York that you are just out and about with people all the time. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to meet new people just by walking down the street. Um, And that, to me, makes people in general, not just like the female-male relationship, more accessible okay. um, because we're all in this together. There was something about L.A. that Are you just felt... trying to quote Disney songs? Is that a, is that a <laughs> Disney song? Oh, that's High School Musical. Oh, really? See, I don't know that. <laughs> wow, oh, man. still trying to pimp up Disney. Jeez. Yeah, I can't, I can't escape. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what the difference is. Also, I lived in L.A. I lived in houses with friends mm-hmm. and we used to host a lot of dinners and our life was kind of surrounding... Um, a home life, as it were. And uh, so, yeah, I was, like, less on the scene. Again, I don't know how else to put it, really. I yeah. wasn't out on the town and, like, trying to meet trying to meet girls. And I met people through friends. Um, like, I think all of, my, all of my girlfriends that I had in Los Angeles were people that I met through friends. I feel like that's the best way to do it, though. Like, have you ever used any of those dating apps to meet people? Yeah, so I had, I had another girlfriend for many, many years here in New York. And no, that no, no, oh. that we started dating before apps. The apps existed. It was like before oh. Tinder. Okay. And um, that relationship ended about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. or so. And um, and so that last year and a half has been my first experience on dating apps. How is it? Oh, this is so exciting. Okay, so it's are really you, brand new. It's the dating apps are very tricky because you got to know which ones to be on. And I don't. So Tinder. I don't, I don't recommend Tinder. I feel like Tinder is just overpopulated at this point. It's just too much. So I'll say, I, I think I've been on, on two Tinder dates or something like that. But the first time was when I first gotten out of a relationship. Okay. And my brother was like, get on Tinder and just go on a date, please. You're depressing me. <laughs> just get out there and go meet somebody. And I was terrified because I'd never done a dating app. I'd never met a girl that way. Um... And I ended up having a great time. It was just like a really nice person. And mm-hmm. we went and got a drink and sat and talked. And it was lovely. And yeah. it didn't need to be anything else. And the next time was I was in uh, Hawaii working there for a few weeks. And and I was like, oh, this would be an interesting place to go on a date. And I met a local girl. And she took me out to like all these cool local places. And also we had a great time. So my, my two Tinder experiences ended up being very positive again i don't think i was like searching for anything yeah um uh and maybe in both of those instances they actually were for kind of specific reasons i was like one i needed to get out of the house and second one was to meet somebody who was local to a new place for me um and so i feel like i feel like they can be good tools what i don't understand and maybe you can enlighten me what i understand about the apps is that it feels like there's so many people out there and everybody's probably looking for somebody, something different. Like, aren't some people just looking to go on a date and have a good time and other people are looking for a serious relationship? And how mm-hmm. do you know? That's the thing. You don't. That's kind of my issue with a lot of dating apps. I've gone on, a, I would say, a good amount of app, uh, dates from apps. I actually did a, a challenge uh, two years ago when I was trying to get over someone. I went on seven dates in seven days. Wow. And so a couple of them were, um, go check out my blog post, seven days and seven days. Um, so a couple of them were people I knew and like had some interest in. And then the rest of them I found on Bumble. A lot of them last minute. Uh, from that experience, I had like a couple good dates and I had a few really bad dates, a lot of creeps, weirdos. Um, but what I've noticed is 
everyone is on there for a completely different reason. One of the dates I went on was really fun. We had a great time. He asked me on another date. But um, he kind of went cold and I creeped on his Instagram page and found out he like had gotten back together with his ex-girlfriend. So mm-hmm. I think it was that emotional unavailability, but trying to like move on like you did for your first date. I think you find people like that. You find people that are looking. And the question just... is, is that okay? Like, is it okay to go on a date when you're not looking for a committed relationship? Is that appropriate? See, that's when it's tricky because some people do just want to go out and have fun, but it's how Guys and girls, do you need right? to be? Right. How, that's my question. And I'll say that I ended up having a very successful relationship post the big breakup okay. um, from an app. Okay. And, yeah, we dated. We got along great. We ended up becoming really good friends um, and it didn't all pan out, but I ended up having like a really, really beautiful relationship with this person um, from an app, which I kind of didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why I didn't expect that. Uh, I think there's something that feels not old-fashioned enough about the apps, but there's just something that's nice that's a tool that uh, to, to go out and meet people. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how else do you meet people nowadays? Because I've, I've asked this, I've talked about this, I don't know the right way to meet someone anymore because we're in an age where we we need to know some things about someone before we go out with them. Otherwise, it's too scary. Whereas, you know, years ago, it was totally cool to do that. You can meet someone at a bar, at a coffee shop, get maybe just their number and go out with them. But nowadays, it's like, okay, I'm going to Google that number. I'm going to learn everything about them. And there's no kind of... There's no organic way, I think, to meet. Why do you, what, what's changed? Why do you think it's not okay to do that anymore? Because I think back, like, a few years ago, it was scary to meet people online, and that was, like, something you just didn't do. And nowadays, you use it as a precaution. Like, okay, it's so. almost as if knowing their social media and their Facebook and all that feels safer than meeting someone and seeing how they are in person for a conversation because you don't know enough. Like, this generation's all about as much knowledge as you can get from someone. So I think that's why dating apps are appealing. Also, the because of them, I think there's always, like, the grass is greener effect where you want to keep swiping, keep finding someone because they're cute, but maybe there's someone cuter in your next swipe. Or the date's great, but what if the next date I go on with someone else is better? That sounds horribly unhealthy. Oh, absolutely, but I think that's the, the time we live in. Like, I don't think people stay focused as much I I think that's why there's a lot of um guys and girls that I know that just will not settle down no matter if even if they like the person it's just that fear of like missing out on something better oh that's interesting which sucks it's not a good thing we need to fix that but I think that's what this all these dating apps are doing because how easy is it to log if you're feeling lonely one night you don't have to go out and try. You can sit there in your pajamas and swipe through Bumble or Tinder for three hours. And that makes you feel less lonely? I think some people, yes. I feel I, like that makes me feel more lonely. I think it, it makes me feel more lonely too and like lose hope in finding someone. But I think for some people, they love the validation. I have friends who for sure do. Okay, because so I do think that this is an LA versus New York thing. Because really? in New York City, you can just go and sit at a bar or at your local restaurant and there are going to be people there to talk to. And maybe it's not the love of your life, but, but I have met people that way. Um, and, and I think LA was harder for... For that, because you have to get into a car in Los Angeles and go to a very specific place, and then sit there, and then you can't drink if you're going to drive home, and you're are you going to take an Uber out for the night to just go to sit at a bar by yourself? The whole thing just sounds like a lot. Where here, you just walk out and like take a walk down the block and maybe stop somewhere and have a glass of wine. Oh, and that's so unheard of in LA. I've never gone to a bar alone to sit by myself. And I have friends. I have friends that come to New York that are like, oh, this is a whole different scene here. Um, because part of part of New York City is just getting out and walking. I mean, I can hap- I, happily I will just if I have an hour break, I'll just go and walk for an hour. Really? Absolutely, one hundred percent. See, I'm I haven't been in New York long enough to really. You've I been mean, in New York for like seven minutes. I I just got here specifically for this, but during my days where I used to come here frequently. Um, it was only for like a shoot or a casting call. I never went and really experienced it. Yeah. Like my mom and I, do you remember? We've had like scary experiences here. So we've judged the city. Whereas I have friends that have lived here that love it and w- wouldn't leave. But I just personally, I feel so much more at home in LA. But I also haven't given New York a chance. Sure. 
But this sounds great. This sounds like Gossip Girl. Did you ever watch Gossip Girl? I didn't watch a whole lot of Gossip Girl. Pen Pen is a good friend. Uh, oh, I'm and watching so, him on the show right now. Oh uh, yeah, it's really you. good, right? So good. You is really good. He's really creepy, but so also creepy. really. It's, he's so good in that show because he's not just playing a creep, but you actually feel for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. And Lou Teller Pucci, who is the boyfriend in the first few episodes, <gasps> is like one of my closest friends. Really? Yeah. And he's not as creepy as he comes off in that show. That's good. But that show is great. They're doing such a good job. I, I just sent had a message that I'd seen it, and I just think he's killing it. That's awesome. Well, do you think, um, so th- do you think that's kind of, Dating in New York, just going out and meeting people like in. Okay, I mean, this look, is a bad example okay. because <laughs> it's a stalker show. But he just met um, the girl in the show who's named Beck at a bookstore. Like, does that really happen here? It does. It does. I, look, everyone still uses apps here mm-hmm. for sure, um, but it is not. I, as far as I can tell, it's not entirely dependent on the apps. I think that that's a supplement. Um, and I do think that you're right that people are more likely now to use the apps and that because you can stalk somebody and do yeah. your research on somebody before you ever go out with them, um, people are more likely to do that than, like, the guy that's sitting next to them at the bar. Um, and it's still something. I do not have any, like, short-term confidence in, in terms of, like, meeting, seeing a girl anywhere in the city at a bookstore say yeah, yeah. and going up to them and being like hey I'm Raviv do you want to go on a date like I would have no idea so how to do that scary. it's terrifying I would never do that like the thought of going up to someone and putting myself out there meanwhile we go on dating apps and we are like oh this person's cute and we shoot them a message but IRL could never do it yeah and maybe it's something we gotta work on I don't know maybe not maybe that, maybe that I mean who knows I think we should because I think we're going to become so socially awkward if, if this keeps going downhill. The fact that I feel more comfortable reaching out to someone behind a screen that I've never met before than like maybe a cute boy from work who I, I've met and talked to but like I'm too scared to put myself out there is not good. Like I should get to a point where there I'm comfortable with both. I think if we keep hiding behind a screen and only, you know, meeting people through apps it's just going to get worse for us and harder. Like, dating is already hard. I can't imagine it getting worse. Yeah, I and I think that that's true not only for dating but for life in general. I think that we are, are constantly, as society, not just our generation, but everyone is every bun. Every, every bun. single bun. Is, <laughs> uh, we're, high, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, uh, we're on snapchat that's how people keep in touch with each other yeah when was the last time that any of us wrote a letter when was the last time that anybody called your friend to check in on them um it's all texting it's all there and i think that our lives as a whole are we're starting to hide behind our screens yeah um and that's not healthy and i think it's leading us down some really dangerous paths in general because we're not in touch with each other um and i think so much of What's happening politically and what's happening, you know, all over the world right now is that we're just not in touch with each other. And I don't think that the dating apps are to blame, but I think that is a microcosm of where we're at. And I don't know how to, if it's even possible to combat that because um, can you turn that around? I just think like individually we can work on, you know, like I'm, I'm going to work on this conversation has inspired me. I'm going to go call my friends and check in on them and talk to them. Or you know what we could do? We We could just create our own hologram boyfriend and girlfriends. Oh my gosh. That is (laughs) such a good idea. (laughs) Disney did. I think we could too. (laughs) Um, So I do want to ask, I feel like at this point, the first topic we're going to be doing is just dating New York versus LA. Because I feel like that you have good knowledge of New York and honestly LA as well. And I know the dating in LA. Well, you've been here for... Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. So you, okay, so you said you're on apps. What, do you mind me asking, what apps are you on or have you tried? I, so I tried uh, Tinder and um, and then I tried Raya. I was, I have a question right here I was going to ask. Um, are you on Raya? That was one of mine because of thoughts on famous people apps like Raya. <laughs> I have to say though, and I'm not defending or uh, anything else on Raya, but it's not, I, I haven't met I haven't seen, like, famous people profiles. What? It's not, like, chock full of famous people. That's a real letdown. Are you on Raya or you're not no, on Raya? No, I wish. <laughs> it's, but it's not... What I've found is it's mostly creative, creatives to some degree. Um, now I'm offended. Raya, what's up? I tried I tried signing up for them. I'm, I'll try again. It take, I, I was on a wait list for a long time. 
Okay, so maybe I still have hope. I was also waitlisted. Yeah, everyone. I think everyone. I think it's like part of their process. People get waitlisted. To make you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, they just want to get everybody down humble. to the same level. Yeah, be humble, sit down, and then um, maybe, maybe. And then uh, you're disappointed because no one's famous on there. Yeah, I heard that because that's all you want. What all you want to do is date famous people. <laughs> all I want is just a bunch of famous people. No, but when they build it up that much, like Ryan Gosling, better be just kidding. He's married, but that's like the t- like I want that. They build it up so much. I I would hope. That there's, that, there's definitely people think that it's one thing, and it's definitely not that thing. It's good to know. That's I'll say that Also, much. probably like being a Disney star, right? That it's built up to be one thing, and it's yeah, not, yeah. Because I I thought Hollywood was the where ever, first of all I thought Hollywood were, was where everyone lived. Like I thought all the Disney stars lived in Hollywood. They were all neighbors, and they all got together for sleepovers all the time. Of course. Yeah, that that's was... not what you found. <laughs> no, I heard it's a little different. <laughs> um, it's probably everything, right? We build up everything, especially in the age of social media, where w- everything that we share is a version of ourselves that we want to share. It's not our true. actual lives. Um, I think that's why these move. I think the Me Too movement. I think uh, everything that just happened with um, uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. that we've been talking about, like that's that's amazing. And we can't just use social media to show the beautiful side of life um, because then we get depressed when we're like, why is everybody having such an incredible time out there and always on vacation and yeah. living their best lives and I'm depressed? It's like, yeah, because we're all having a hard time because life is hard. And no but that's one not what we share. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that these social movements, I feel like we've just started to hit the brink of be, learning how to use social media for social movements and Mm -hmm. that is something I'm really excited about um, uh, because it's a really obviously a very powerful tool and I think the question is how do we use it to connect not divide totally I love that Um, I do want to ask so you I've gone to your social media what I have what is your icon uh, on, on, on Instagram. On Instagram. I, so I, I had a dog for many, many years. Okay. I had a, a photo series that I did with her. Um, her name was Ziggy, and it was called Ziggraffiti. And all over, we would take walks all over Brooklyn, and I would photograph her in front of enormous, beautiful graffiti walls. Um, and so that picture is, if you look closely, it's she's at the bottom of the frame, and she's in front of a big piece of art that's like a lemur or something like that. Oh my, okay, for a second, I'm like, am I picturing this wrong? Because I remember the lemur in my head. I'm like, maybe that was his dog. I'm like, doesn't look like a dog. It's a big build so up to that. So that's the graffiti, and then your dog is, I'm looking I will right also now. say, I, yeah, Zig Graffiti, Z-I-G-R-A-F-I-T-T-I. Oh, she's so small in it. But yeah, I she's do tiny, she's tiny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, that, now everything makes sense. But I don't know, I'm not, I'm so dumb at social media. <laughs> I, like, I... If you were to tell me that tomorrow I should go out and try to get more followers, I w- I don't even know what that means. Like what I would do to try. I don't I don't understand engagement. Like I truly I feel like such an old man when it comes to this stuff because I do not know. People are like DJ Gramps. What is why? What is that? I was wondering that too. I have questions. Yeah, my, I, I used to DJ like in little bars around LA and New York, and I did all vinyl, and mm-hmm. I started to grow my. Um, my vinyl collection by taking my grandfather to a record shop and I said I want you to walk around and go as if you're buying your favorite albums but then I'm gonna buy them for me and that was the beginning of my my record collection and I have this incredible collection so I was DJ Grams to my friends um, but then I like made that my Instagram handle and they were like what the heck is that and why did you have a lemur as your picture like, I don't know because who cares but people care yeah, well it's because because when I first found your Instagram I'm like is he trying to hide like, why? Because it wasn't you as your profile picture, and I didn't recognize your username. And again, I don't even know how I found your Instagram, truly. That must have been a while ago. Um, I think it, that's true, though. I think I, I'm not trying to hide, but I'm not trying to gain... Put yourself out there. Gain followers. Yeah. Even though I know that that is now a part of every single industry. Everything. Um, and crazy. so, but am I supposed to... Is that what I'm supposed to be spending my time, is figuring out how to gain more followers? I, I, I guess. Um... But to what end? And again, how? I should put a picture of myself? Okay, give me give me the rundown. Okay, my social media tips. Um, I would make your... I would have the photo of your dog with the graffiti on your page, for sure. Would I make it my profile picture? Probably not, because people won't know it's you. Um, 
I think you should post more photos of like what you do, more of you, because you don't post a lot of photos of yourself at all. Not at all. You should, because you are an actor, you're a director, which is so cool that you direct now. Um, but you should like flaunt your stuff a bit. Because but then what you have to take. You have to do photo shoots of yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In LA, that's such a norm. It's I actually know. sad. <laughs> I know, but oh, uh, man, that's so confusing to me. But Not confusing it's... that people do it, and I totally respect no. I honestly do respect the people who do it and do it well. Um, yeah. I'm kind of in awe. I think it's amazing, and I respect using the platform um, to further a career. I think that's really smart. Um, I don't know how... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. You, know, you have to help me. I will. Well, we're going to... All right. So I'm going to make a picture. My picture is going to be me. <laughs> yeah. And I have to post selfies all the time. And Maybe not all the time. That'll be a little much. You just know? Every once in a while. Every once in a while. I, I just don't just... have a lot of pictures of me. Because the... I'm also a photographer. So I take a ton of photos. But I don't... But, no, I don't but not any, of you. Not a, well, of course not. I'm, I haven't well, been holding the camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I... I you gotta, we got to post some of yourself. You'll get so... If you also... If you did like a throwback... Of even you should do one of Pixel Perfect. That if people find that, they're gonna share that because that's something and that is so what? nostalgic. You're gonna grow follow. Like, and oh then God, what? It's Ricky Ullman. And then from there, people will be like, oh, I want to see what he's doing now. And then they'll pay attention to what you're doing now and what you're passionate about now. Because people nowadays, like no one's subscribing to. If you even look at FabFitFun, it's a subscription box of just like products. But they're not subscribing to that. They're subscribing to the lifestyle that it represents. So people nowadays, would they follow influencers because influencers have the life that they want. They're subscribing to whatever they do because all of a sudden they feel like they know them. So that's the thing about like social media. And it's a bad part of it because it, it does make you know their lives look better than I'm sure they are. But at the same time, it's a really cool to tool to use for your career. Your listeners are going to think that I'm such an old man. <laughs> Like, um, like this guy's whoa. not yeah why are we even spending DJ Gramps yeah exactly I really live that lifestyle but no I think I think you should because I think I mean I again have have really only seen like your acting from, I definitely think I, I saw you in that SVU episode I saw it in your oh, for sure. I'm like I think I remember you in that but you are very talented and I'm excited Thank about you. this documentary you're working on by the way will you talk about that a little bit Standing Ground oh yeah sure so I um boy oh boy okay um, I had been following uh, the story that happened out at Standing Rock in North Dakota um, for a long time um, uh, in like early 2016. An encampment started up to protest a pipeline that was coming through Native American tribal grounds um, and, and going over and traversing a lot of burial sites uh, from the Standing Rock Sioux Nation. And I didn't know what to do. I knew that I really didn't have anything to do, but I was following closely. And then all of a sudden things kind of turned violent there. And then um, journalists started getting arrested. And I turned to my girlfriend at the time and said, I really don't know what to do besides go. And I don't know what good that's going to do. And she said, well, bring, bring a camera. Oh, that's really interesting. So I went with a friend and we spent a, a week um, on the reservation and at the encampment just interviewing people and talking and trying to learn the real story of what was happening and realized that it was a big story and there were a lot of stories there. And so we raised uh, some funds on a Kickstarter to get a real camera and sound equipment and ended up spending about three months out at Standing Rock um, at the encampment and learning about Native American tribal issues, um, learning about our energy infrastructure in this country, um, what we need to do to switch over to clean energy, and um, and a lot, a lot of about Native American history because I grew up as so many of my friends learning about Native Americans in history books mm -hmm. and not understanding that um, this culture was alive and well, that there are so many different tribes, there's so many different languages yeah. all over this country, um, and the way that they've been treated by our government is astounding and continue to be. Um, just this week, there was this whole thing in North Dakota with Standing Rock about how um, they weren't going to allow Native Americans to vote because they didn't have uh, specific addresses. And they don't have specific addresses because they've all been put onto reservations. Oh and so God. this country continues to perpetuate that. And I've been um, amazed by what I've learned, and it's been a life-changing experience. Now the trick is figuring out how to tell all of this in a 90-minute film yeah um, but uh but i think it's worth it and i'm really proud of what we've done so far and we've teamed up with a lot of incredible people native americans uh we've been following um closely with congresswoman tulsi gabbard who's from hawaii which is why i spent time in hawaii uh spent time with the community in new jersey who's been fighting a pipeline there and just trying to 
understand these really big picture things, but through the eyes of very specific people. I love that. That's so awesome. Is this was this your first time directing and kind of creating that uh, kind of project? First or? time directing a documentary. Yeah, it's my first documentary. I've always been a huge fan of documentaries. I think real life is um, often way more interesting than 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 narrative. Uh, features. Totally um, I agree. love movies. I'm a huge fan of movies. I go to see movies all the time. Um, but often, real life is just so fascinating, and uh, and we have a lot to learn, you know. And I think that that documentaries are a great way to. Uh, they're just a great learning tool. And I found that for me, this was never a process of me going on saying I want to tell everyone about Native Americans and about oil. You know, I, yeah. I, I, for me, it was a learning tool for me. And so yeah. part of this process is I want to go learn. Um, I want to self-educate and then hopefully successfully share what I'm learning with uh, as many people as I can. That's awesome. Do you think you want to do more or do you have any other ideas of what you do for future documentaries? If you I have so it? many ideas. I will say because <laughs> we jumped into this enormous story um, first, my next documentary I want to be about like a man and his cat, like real simple, Perfect. uh, keep it real small. If you do like a girl and her two cats, um, you can hire me. I'll yeah, be on the, yep. this will be a documentary about you. I'll star in your next documentary. Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, I will say that, that the process of making a documentary is incredibly fascinating and about 90% of the time is not actually shooting anything it's building trust and meeting people yeah. and and self-educating um, and that's just been an incredible experience so I hope for the rest of my life to have a documentary on the table um, I also direct music videos and uh, short films and um, you know all kinds of things but but uh, hopefully documentary will always uh, be around in my life very cool all right well I want to move on to um, our last topic that is a little bit different from what we've been talking about. Okay. So being in this industry and honestly just dating and being in life, uh, we deal with a lot of rejection. Of course. So what would you say, um, what are your kind of tips on how to handle rejection? I guess romantically, maybe even, I think it could be applied in any sort of case of rejection, but what, what are your tips for that, for people going through that? Oh man, that is a really hard question. Right. I'll say like, Professionally, I had to learn very young to just to move forward. Mm -hmm. I used to, especially when I was a young kid acting, I started when I was eight. Um, you know, you prepare for an audition and you throw everything you have into it because you so badly want that role. You work so hard for weeks sometimes, um, and then you have three minutes in a room and they're like, all right, no thanks. And that can destroy you. Um, and, and I used to come home and just think about it and think about it and think about it. And I learned to, when I walked out of the audition, I would take my sides and throw them in the trash and just move on. And I actually like learned how to teach myself how to just mentally move forward and forget. And now, if I had an audition yesterday and you asked me what it was for, I would have no idea. Like I truly forget that quickly oh, wow. because I have to. But that's healthy. I feel like that's a very healthy way of dealing with it because... I'm someone, I will get in my head about it. And I have less, I think the hosting world, um, it's a lot smaller. There's a, a lot of jobs for like single jobs, but when it comes to networks, there's not really that many that do pop culture news on like a wider scale. So for me, I get so in my head before auditions. It's so hard for me to not be afterwards either because I'll obsess about how I did. And so I think it's a really powerful thing to be able to let that go after. Yeah, I think the other trick, and this probably can also um, be applied to, to dating or <laughs> everything in general, is and, and social media, is that I think that we all have to work harder at living in the moment. And yes. being super present. And I spend so much time with so many people and I'm sitting across from them at a dinner table and they're on their phone, they're on their Instagram and they're looking at other things and they're looking to where to go next and they're looking at who's doing what else. And we're, again, like we were talking about before, we're losing touch with each other. Yeah. And so if I can walk into an audition and just be present in that moment and be grateful that I have the time to show my stuff and even if it's just for a moment with a director act for a moment then I'm gonna have a good time and it was a good day yeah and if I get that role then great if I wasn't meant to get that role then I wasn't meant to get that role and that's another thing that I think as actors and hosts and all of these things that and I'm learning this on the other side of the table now that I'm directing too is that 
it's never personal. There's yeah. just a right person and a wrong, and there, you know, there, there's one right person for the role. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to fit really well, and it has to do with a billion different things. Yeah. Um, and it's not because you're not talented. It's not because you're not good looking enough. It it is. It's just that we're trying to create um, a very large picture here, mm-hmm. and all of these pl- things need to be in place. Um, and that's really hard when you're on the other side of the table and you're yeah. like, but why am I not good enough? And it usually has nothing to do with that. But again, I think that if we can be in the moment, if I can go on a date and just my goal is not to find a wife. My goal is not to try to sleep with anyone. My goal is to be in a place with a person and meet them and have a great conversation. Um, then I've had a great night and then I'm having a good time. If I can pour my all into an audition and if it's a comedy, try to be funny and if it's a drama, try to really get into that, then I'm being present and um, it's grounding me. And in this moment where we are so tied to social media and flying in so many different directions, uh, grounding ourselves is so important. And so I think that part of rejection is just trying to learn how to stay grounded in the present moment um, because I think that's such an incredible, can be a great antidote. Um, and it, I know that it's easy for me to say that, but yeah. but I mean, I think that that's, I don't know, what do you do? I think for romantic rejection, because I think I'm still working on it professionally, it's still hard. Some jobs I think are easier than others, but uh, I do agree, you just need to move past it, you need to not get in your head, not take it personal. And same goes with dating, don't take it personal, but I would also, when I was very insecure, I was way more insecure when it came to going on dates. I was so nervous. I um, I would be in my head more so about what they thought of me versus what I thought of them. And mm, I think that is something so many people do where we go into a date and we immediately want to be liked by them. We're to the point where we haven't even thought about whether we like them. So don't so much be in your head about, you know, if someone likes you, if someone is going to want to see you again. Figure out how you feel because a lot of the time, if you really do click with someone and you feel it, you're going to know that and that, per- that person's going to feel the same way. And sometimes for a plethora of reasons, they don't. And whether that's because they are emotionally unavailable or they just, yeah, maybe they just got a breakup or maybe they only like redheads. I don't know. You know what I mean. But there you know what I'm a, talking about. Yeah. There, that doesn't mean the connection wasn't there and you should just focus on that and I think being present helps because we don't get a, a, like obsessive about rejection until we steer away from that presence where we just get in our heads and we're home and we're going back to that moment rather than the moment we're in right now. So just keep moving forward. You got to do you. If that person continues to stay in your life, it'll happen, I think, in an easy way. And if it doesn't, like, move on. Let me tell you, I remember it like it was yesterday. In eighth grade, I had a huge crush on this guy, Kai. And he sat ahead of me in English class, like maybe like three rows ahead. I remember I used to just like stare at him. Like I just thought he was so cute. And I remember one day he looked back at me. And the fact that I still remember this is very sad, but it, it hurt. I remember he turned around and he went. And he, he just he, waved. For viewers who aren't, uh, for listeners who aren't viewing this, he waved and awkwardly he looked at me as if, why are you looking at me and waved at me? And I was horrified. And for clearly maybe years, I had thought about it. But it's just, it's crazy like the things we hold on to. Because now I think it's a really funny story. But clearly this hurt for a long time if I still remember. Because what do you remember from eighth grade? You know? Yeah. Do you have any like terrible rejection stories you can share? Um... Let's see. I do remember I, I had a girlfriend in eighth grade, and we dated through that summer, and then she left me for a sophomore when we were in, we were in freshman year, and that destroyed me. Um, <laughs> even though, uh, you know, it's not like you know, <laughs> like why why did it destroy me? I don't know. Uh, it's probably my first romantic rejection. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then I didn't really date anyone through the rest of high school. Um. And, um. I did once go on a date with someone who gave her number to someone else while we were on the date. No. Yes. What did you do? What are you going to do? I didn't do anything. You just... We, it was right... It was, I got there on time, but she had gotten there a little bit early, and so she was. we, we were going to dinner, and um, she was sitting at the bar, and some guy had ch- started chatting her up, and then he asked for her number. Before They were like, oh, table for two, Raviv. I was like, oh, that's us. And he's like, hey, before you go, can I, can I grab your number? And she gave it to him, and then we had to sit through dinner 
Oh, that's real rough. They better be married by now. Like the only they are, excuse, they're the only acceptable. Well, they're not excuse. married. She's married to somebody else. But, but, yeah. Dang. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That that was that was some Ooh. intense rejection. But it's true that that personal dating rejection is very different than than professional because professionally you know that there are a billion different reasons. With dating, it it does come down. To, to you. you. But also, but also the thing to remember is like I've had situations where guys have I've gone on a date with a guy, we seem to be having a good time, and then he's like gone cold after, but months later he'll come back into my life and like tell me, Oh, it was just a really hard time in my life, like I was going through a, a breakup, like it was the wrong time. Like he's going through something because sometimes you are being rejected because that other person is going through something. So question here. Yes. Not I if people are going through a bunch of shit in their lives, yeah, is that something that they're supposed to say up front? See, I think it's com- I think you need to be honest with the person. I think a lot of the time when we are going through something, we are sometimes not even aware of how how much it's affecting us. I think that's very true. Until afterwards, we'll be. Have you ever? Because I've gone on a date when I'm like I'm clearly not ready to be dating. I've just gotten out of something, or I'm not over the person. And I may be fine on the date, but I won't realize it. I've, like, I've had dates end where, like, I've kissed the person and gone inside. If I'm not over the person, cried, like, over my ex because I just wasn't ready. And then you mm, kind of have to be like, okay, well, I'm not ready to date. And then if that person hits you up, I think you should be very honest. Like, I don't think So you, not on a first date. Not on the first date. Maybe you if, you, like, <laughs> if you're still crying over your last partner, maybe you shouldn't be going on maybe a date. Maybe you shouldn't be going. Like, my lesson was, oh, I'm not ready to date. It wasn't like, okay, date number two, let's do it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So just be honest. I don't think you have to be that upfront on a date because that will already overwhelm anyone. That's weird. It's so weird. That's like, like, hey, I'm going through a lot of intense stuff in my life right now, but I just need to get out of the house. <laughs> that would be horrible. I'm really depressed right now, so There's, I just want to like come yeah. out to dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. No way. Don't do that. But like, you know, people get vibes off of you. So if you seem like you aren't into it, they're going to get that vibe. And if they are hurt by it or they have questions, be straightforward with them. Don't go cold turkey. I think it's easy to do that because... God, I love avoiding problems, you know? Oh, it's so, Nothing feels so easy and so great. Good and like, satisfying. <laughs> so satisfying. But you got to be a good person. Be mature about it. Let them know. That's been um, another big thing about uh, that I've gone, been learning about being single is just that that is the best time to get to know yourself. Yes. And I think that so many people spend so much time looking for partners um, and not that that's, there's anything wrong with that. But I've learned to really utilize my time as a singular person um, mm-hmm. to become the person that I want to be. Totally. I want to read a lot of books and I want to be someone who exercises. Like, who is the kind of person that I want to be? And it's really hard to do that when you're in a partnership because you end up spending a lot of time with that person and, yep. and you do end up sacrificing part of your life. And so if you are single really using that time wisely and don't just spend all of your time on dating apps and spend all of your time on Instagram, who's the kind of person that you want to be? And now is the time to make that happen. I love that. And that is absolutely true. I do want to get into um, kind of our takeaway. So I do think it's important with rejection not to dwell. And when you are single and maybe not ready to be dating, focus on yourself. Because I'm also a firm believer that uh, people that are meant to be in your life will come into your life as Mm -hmm. long as you are... Doing you, like going out there, doing things that make you happy. Because if you're not, if you are living a life where you're not really going out and and maybe not, don't have any hobbies that you enjoy or or working a job that you love, like I don't think you're going to be surrounded by the people yet that you will one day be that are also passionate about the same things. Because that's how you find people who you're compatible with, I think, a lot of the time. You have to do the things that you love to meet the people who are going to fit into that lifestyle. Yep. If you're someone who loves traveling, then go travel because you're going to find other tra- people that are out there traveling. Yes. If you're somebody who loves to sit in bookshops and read, then go find go sit in a bookshop and read because maybe you're going to find somebody else who does that too. Yeah, if you never love leaving your apartment, then just get a roommate and hopefully they'll be and your And hopefully husband. they'll be your husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then obviously for, um, oh gosh, dating in LA versus New York. So New York just seems like easier to meet people maybe i just moved to new york that's where i can maybe meet you should just move to new york look i think that new york is not for everybody if there's any part of you that feels like i want one day want to live in new york city then you just got to do it because it's an incredible experience i think i'm um, going to end up here because my mom cannot handle me being three thousand miles it's so mom. far it's so, so far. far i hate being that far from my family so i think like yeah. one day when i'm done with clever and where whatever my career takes me in la maybe i'll end up Sure. In New York. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll still be here. But if yeah. I don't walk, maybe outside. not. Like, try to get here before twenty forty because supposedly that's when <laughs> that's all when the I'm... waters are going to rise and and the earth's going to change. Thank so, you. 
before 2040 if you Great can. Great tips. Yeah. Tips and tricks. All right. Well, Raviv, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I answered any of the questions that you asked me. Uh, you answered all of them. And oh, honestly, I'm just so excited because Disney's right. A dream is a wish your heart makes. And my dream came true because I hung out with my childhood celeb crush. This is awesome. You did it. I hope it was it was everything you dreamed of. It will be once we draw of. the mouse. Okay, great. So that needs to definitely happen. But um, in the meantime, I do want to uh, give this to you. Where? What are you working on? Where can people find you? <laughs> Obviously on DJ Grams on Instagram. DJ Grams on Instagram <laughs> under my own name on Twitter. Um, I'm currently in a really beautiful, powerful, crazy show called Usual Girls at the Roundabout Theater in New York City. Um, you caught me on a two-show day, so we had one already today. We're going to have one more tonight, and we're running until about the end of December. Um, and we're selling out really fast, so um, if you are in the New York City area, come get your tickets. It's about what it's like to grow up as a girl right now. And it's really, really intense and really um, beautiful, um, and I'm really proud to be a part of that. Otherwise, I'm just kind of walking around New York City. Yeah, go find him. He's walking, trying to find a soulmate, and that could be you. <laughs> <laughs> or sign up for Raya. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> You'll, we'll, we'll all find someone, right? Exactly. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right, you guys. And uh, we'll be back here next time. Thanks well, for having me. Yeah.